afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A shortened holiday week. It's going to be one of those weird type of weeks. We should be used to it by now when it comes to how Thanksgiving works, but we will be seeing that. Are we going to see a slowdown as we get closer to Thursday? Global weather. You know, we talk about it from a South American perspective, but we don't really look at the rest of the big picture and how sensitive that may have become to our trade as of this point. We'll also look at export inspections. We do have a crop progress report. That, too, is starting to slow down on information. So let's get all the details and the livestock as well with Sam Hudson. He is with Corn Belt Marketing. So let's start out talking the fact that we are in a holiday week. You and I were just talking about that uh, before starting this program. Markets are closed Thursday, close early on Friday, but it's just going to have kind of a, a slow, quiet feel this week. Well, and, and it should. And, you know, that's the theory, you know, that it's going to at least lower the volume. Um, something to keep in mind is you got option expiration here this Friday against the December contract, and that leads up to first notice day next week for the December contract. So and this is me evening up uh, against that uh, into the end of the, the season here and the end of that contract in general. And, you know, we can always see some uh, some fickle trade with that. So uh, could definitely see some extremes this week, but when it's all said and done, cash price is pretty strong, pretty stable, especially on the domestic processor side. And I think that's what keeps our markets buoyed you know, into this holiday time frame. What are you going to see market-wise? What should we be thinking about when it comes to to marketing on a shortened week like this? And you know, for the short term, uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind on, on in my eyes is on the cash side is just merchandising needs. When you see basis levels this good, even if you want to carry things forward in terms of pricing, uh, you know, get your delivery schedule set. But uh, we know what we've got right now for a demand structure. We do not know what we're going to have after March. And either way, there's a lot of volatility that's coming down the pipe uh, one way or the other via weather, uh, good, bad or ugly, uh, as well as acres into 2022. So I think that's going to become the focus. And also, as we start to write some of these checks for 2022, think about your, your output for next year in terms of what you're planning for uh, and start looking at pricing out there, uh, especially if you've been stuck with some higher fertilizer prices than you really like to be. Uh, I think that's just something that someone has to be aware of in terms of starting to set an average for next year. All right. What are we looking at? Uh, talk a little global weather, because obviously we've always kept an eye on what happens in South America. But you and I were talking about this wheat market and how high it was, though we saw a drop back on the cash today. And you were talking about some weather in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was a lot of concern and, and you know, it kind of seems to me that normally, or at least over the last four or five years, this is something that we maybe normally wouldn't have talked too much about. Um, but when we've whittled our stocks to usage in the world and in the U.S. here so much over the last couple of years, uh, some heavy rains in eastern Australia it has got the market worked up a little bit. And when you've got the path of least resistance for higher in terms of not really having a lot of hedge pressure, we've got harvest largely out of the way here in the U.S. We've just seen uh, some more export, uh, you know, taxes and, and ultimately export restrictions in the black sea region increased here uh, of late and we could see that again so you know the world's concerned about the the price of grain and feed into winter here in general uh and and that's come amidst inflationary you know pressures on top of that so i think that's what is really driving things right now it's what drove things and and kept wheat the leader today uh flooding in southwest uh you know canada is going to help that cause even more as the u.s could see a little bit of uh, stimulation on the export side there so uh, those are definitely things to be watching here into the end of the year and that's helping you know provide a bit of a tailwind for corn and soybeans on the top. What's your thoughts on the export uh, report that came out with the uh, inspections? 
You know, those numbers are solid. Uh, we saw almost 62 million bushel of beans. We'd certainly like to see that number a little bit higher, but I think what's noteworthy is that we actually saw last week's inspections on beans increase another 10 million. So that helps kind of, you know, fill that gap if someone wasn't too impressed with just last week's numbers alone. So I think that's something to, to really, you know, keep in mind and, and keep an eye on because as we continue to ship soybeans pretty heavily, it's come at the expense of corn. Um, and largely that's because of Hurricane Ida. And I think what's going to influence this more moving forward, we just, you know, talked about world weather here. Is is weather in you know southern Brazil, Argentina, and, and northern Brazil, and kind of a tale of two stories there in terms of weather. With one maybe short term receiving too much rainfall, and the other not enough. But what we're all asking ourselves is, are we going to extend our export season because of their weather, or cut it short because they're going to have a big crop and they planted it early? And I think that's what's uh, you know really going to be the theme here as we go into the winter months. Well, we see the ethanol margins continue to see some supporting, at least on the near term, with the holiday coming up. Absolutely. I don't see why not. I mean, they're going to want to keep their deliveries you know, steady and coming in. They definitely don't want to get caught short the market with the margins that they've got going on right now. And, you know, it looks like the EPA has you know, kicked the can down the road in terms of ethanol mandates and targets here moving forward. So that's a little bit disappointing to the market. But either way, you know, in the short term over the next six months, the, the market's goal is going to be to fill the coffers again in terms of uh, ethanol supplies going into next year's driving season. And gasoline demand is going to continue to support that. So I think things are going to be very strong there, at least as we go into next spring. And like I mentioned, after that, it kind of becomes more of a question mark in terms of legislation and also you know, supply and demand in general uh, in, t- in terms of what kind of market we're going to have there we do have a crop progress report that's coming out we're getting to the pretty much the near end of this weekly report from from nas yeah and, and there's really not too much to be garnered there and i think you know this all ties into what we've been talking about in terms of firm cash markets and there not being a lot of you know readily available supplies out there so i don't think we're going to see much impact there at all i think uh you know you're going to see a little bit of uh focus and talk here as we get colder uh and this will tie into the livestock uh, equation but just uh in, you know good excellent conditions in the winter wheat we talked about how sensitive the market can be here on some of these world weather events and the u.s's crop is going to be no different we definitely have had some decent uh decent weather it'll be nice to get this all done do you expect any big surprises on today's report no i don't think so i don't think there's anything to really you know garner there we've seen a little bit of rain in some of the wheat growing regions but i think that's probably the highlight at this point moving forward you said harvest progress at this point pretty much in the rearview mirror and you know anything that is left with the weather forecast that we've got should come out pretty easily any any word on what you're hearing on, on south america and the condition of their crop right now no, it's, I think, you know, mostly too early all the way around. Uh, I mentioned that heavy rains in northern Brazil. I think that's going to, you know, potentially add to disease pressure or, or concerns about that and maybe some localized flooding. But typically when you have too much water, it's not a crop problem uh, in that area. I think the big area of focus is going to be southern Brazil, parts of Argentina with the La Nina continuing. Uh, you know, if they get into a dry situation there, the market's definitely going to pay attention uh, in the meal market as well. You know, we've seen a big resurgence here in the meal. We do have a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. 
Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label direct. RVM. Welcome back to the Fond Now Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sam Hudson. He is with Corn Belt Marketing. So we left off kind of talking the happenings of, of the grain complex. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We know we had a Catalan feed report that came out on Friday. Nothing really to write home about, Sam. It was a pretty neutral looking report. It was pretty neutral. Um, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, across the board in terms of on-feed, the placements, marketings, uh, nothing really to garner there much at all. The market was a little reluctant to do much ahead of that. Uh, and I think if not for nothing, it at least just confirmed that, hey, there's nothing to be, you know, concerned about, at least for the short term. I think uh, the way we've seen these cash markets and cash prices move up is provided enough optimism for February and beyond to kind of elevate. Uh, saw the June contract test that 137 mark here uh, uh, today and during the trade, and I think that's encouraging. That probably from a hedging standpoint, needs to be, you know, at least respected as we go into the end of the year in, in terms of building an average and, and looking at, uh, you know, managing some of that risk moving forward. Because it, when you look at you know, just the, the potential for, uh, you know, grocery bills to rise so much. When you look at first quarter and beyond and next year, I think that finally puts a little bit of concern into the trade in terms of what we're going to have. So it's kind of, I want to, re- I would love to rewind three weeks ago to say three weeks from now heading into a holiday weekend, cattle producers are still going to be in the driver's seat for this cash market. Because I don't think anybody would have thought that there would have been this much control yet on that side of the fence. Well, and that's something to respect. Like I said, you know, it lasts until it doesn't. But at least for now, I think it's something that keeps us on stable and steady ground. And it's very similar to, you know, the domestic uh, corn and bean processor margins that we've got right now. I think this offers stability into the end of the year. But after about February 1st, I think there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of economic growth and and enthusiasm, especially, like I said, at the the grocery counter and and people eating out in terms of what they're going to want to continue to afford uh, after the holiday season. Now, that that demand that's there, I mean, you look at the prices as you get into the holiday, it definitely is getting pricey. At what point do you think that the consumer is going to say, okay, enough's enough? But to reiterate, that doesn't mean the cattle producers making all that big a cash on it either. Well, that's right, and that's, you know, the continued discrepancy between the two and, you know, just the cost of, of freight and doing business in general these days, uh, you know, labor force on top of that, uh, all things to think about. And, and you know, if anything, uh, you know, one of the silver lines we have at least continuing that I think we should have confidence in is on the export side. Our numbers have been very good, uh, beef and pork alone, you know, both, and, and I think that should continue into next year. We'll see what China wants to do here leading into the Olympics going into next year and, and COVID kind of, uh, you know, appearing to be at bay to a certain degree, at least in the headlines. So what are we seeing when it comes to these prices? I mean, we did see a little bit of of inclination of like 134 coming out of the south. Pretty quiet uh, for those in the north at this point. Yeah, it is. And like you said, uh, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head is is in terms of producer control. I don't think, I think you're going to see a lot of optimism on the front half of the week here. Probably not much trade. I think we're going to have to get, uh, you know, potentially all the way to Friday here after Thanksgiving to see where this thing shakes out. But undoubtedly, uh, there's going to be, uh, you know, some activity along the way. And I think uh, it's good to see the enthusiasm at the sale barn on the feeder side uh, as well here over the last week to 10 days. So what does the cattle producer need to kind of keep an eye out? You talked about 2022. Is there some certain areas that we should really be focusing on? Yeah, I think it's as you get uh, you know further out into time, and when you look at your profitability and, and margins there in general, especially the way feed costs are, I think that's going to be a huge influence. And just as we talked about, after February first, we're going to learn a lot about you know what 
feed costs are going to look like for the next you know six to 12 months because by then we're going to have an idea what south american crops you know look like is it a complete failure is it an average uh or is it a bin buster and that's going to influence you know input and output all the way around on top of you know and changing economic market where we potentially have uh you know some tapering going on i don't think we're going to see that quite yet uh you know given the current circumstances but nonetheless powell got uh you know put back in today so i think the fed printers are going to be uh you know well greased should we be worried about a weaker cash hog market? Uh, in the short term, that's been the trend. Uh, you know, I think what we've got reason for optimism is very similar to the beef side, where our exports have been very good. Um, you know, you've got China that I think could continue to see you know strong import margins with their domestic cash prices the way they look. But we've got to find a reason to rally. And, and like I said, uh, who wants to pay ten bucks you know per package of bacon? And at what point does that finally start to limit things? And how do futures react to that? So short term versus long term, a little bit more optimistic. I think that cash hog price could finally start to stabilize into year end here. Um, but the question is, what is the breadth and depth of that strength and what kind of demand are we going to have after the first of the year? Well, we've only got about five and a half weeks left of 2021. Having said that, what are some key things that you want our, our listeners to be thinking about when it comes to marketing either grain or livestock? Well, whenever we have cycles like this, you got to think, uh, you know, as I mentioned, out into the long term, not only in the next year, but potentially the following year. And, you know, when you look at the legislation and everything that's coming down the pipe, I, I think either way, it's going to be tough to really break the ethanol market. I think we're going to have solid demand structures moving forward, but it's going to be more about on that demand side for, like we're talking now, for proteins. And I think you've got another year before things can really hit the skids either way. Um, but next couple, we got an election coming up again. And, uh, you know, as long as we don't have any major world, you know, weather problems, uh, I think we're going to have, you know, some sort of even keel for supply and demand, but you got to take those opportunities when they come. Uh, and, and always remember that your break-evens are, are a lagging indicator in a market like this. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sam. 800-655-3380 or www.cornbeltmarketing.com. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Battle. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Battle brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.